Another group of foreign lawmakers is visiting Taiwan following the U.S. congressional delegation's visit on Friday. Taiwanese officials welcomed a delegation of 10 parliamentarians from Lithuania, Estonia and Latvia Sunday morning at the Taoyuan International Airport. The group will be staying for eight days, during which they'll visit President Tsai Ing-wen, Premier Su Zhenchang and Legislative Speaker Yoshi Kun. The European lawmakers will also attend the Open Parliament Forum to be held on Thursday and Friday in Taipei. A delegation of parliamentarians from the three Baltic nations touched down early Sunday morning at Taoyuan International Airport. They were warmly greeted by officials from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. A group of five Lithuanian lawmakers was led by Matas Maldekis, chairman of the Lithuanian Parliament's Taiwan Friendship Group. Also on board were lawmakers from neighboring Estonia and Latvia. The ten parliamentarians will spend eight days in Taiwan. Lithuania and Taiwan made a big, big steps in cooperation. This trip, I guess, will be one more step, uh, understanding each other. Because we are dealing with same uh, challenges. I want to send twenty thousand or more medical masks, and then we are really happy that we could do that just send you some vaccines. So first of all, this is a visit of friendship. Despite being masked up. Enthusiasm was written all over the lawmakers' faces in the selfies they posted on social media. The chairpersons of the three countries' Taiwan friendship groups are all heavyweights. To have the ten of them attend the Open Parliament Forum is very meaningful. In addition to attending the 2021 Open Parliament Forum to be held on December 2nd and 3rd in Taipei, the group will also pay courtesy visits to President Tsai Ing-wen, Premier Su Zhenchang, as well as government agencies, including the National Development Council, the Ministry of Economic Affairs, and the Ministry of Science and Technology. Taiwan recorded 10 imported cases of COVID Sunday, three of which were breakthrough infections. With the emergence of the new Omicron variant, some experts are worried that vaccines will be less effective and rapid tests less accurate. Some are calling for more stringent border controls as the Lunar New Year holiday approaches. However, CECC Commander Chen Shizhong said it isn't time yet to tighten border controls. When testing is conducted, the spike protein of the virus is used as the target, but this variant has many more mutation sites than the original virus. With this being the case, I personally think that our border controls may have to be tightened a bit. The epidemic situation around the world has not reached an urgent situation, but we do need to be vigilant as there is now a new variant of the virus and its risks are unknown, so we have to pay close attention. But there is no need to overreact. We are responding to this new variant of the virus. I have instructed the Hospital and Social Welfare Organization's Administration Commission to retain the capacity of the centralized quarantine facilities so that when the number of mild cases rises, we can meet the demand. The government is not tightening controls at the border just yet, but it is increasing the number of vacant rooms at quarantine centers as it embraces for a possible spike in confirmed cases. 
Well, the weather warmed up on Sunday, and you better seize it before the mercury takes another dive. This time, it'll plunge. The Central Weather Bureau says another cold front will arrive on Tuesday, lowering temperatures island-wide. Northern Taiwan may see 10 degrees between Wednesday and Friday. The good news is it'll be mostly dry during the coldest period. Compared to Saturday, Sunday morning was noticeably warmer with highs reaching 23 to 25 degrees in the north and 25 to 26 in the center and south. Due to the abundance of moisture around the islands, some regions still saw isolated showers. There is still a lot of moisture in the south, so the weather in various places is still unstable. The places where rainfall is more noticeable are mainly in the eastern half and the southern regions. In Ilan and Hualien, the precipitation may get heavier in localized areas where heavy rains are possible. A weather front verging on the status of a continental cold air mass will pass through the islands on Tuesday. As the cold air descends on Taiwan, the weather will be first wet and then dry. The mercury will take a dive over the course of three to four days, hitting as low as 10 degrees in northern Taiwan. The coldest time during this wave is expected to fall on the period from early morning Wednesday to Friday. Our forecast is that the lows in the north, Ilan and Hualien will be only 13 to 15 degrees. Other parts like southern Taiwan will see only 16 or 17 degrees. The Central Weather Bureau says this wave of cold air will last till Saturday with large temperature swings between day and night. The public is reminded to keep warm. Let's now turn to a story of master composer Guo Zhiyuan. Throughout his career, he was hailed as the father of Taiwan's national music. Guo passed away in 2013, but his legacy still lives on. To celebrate what would be his 100th birthday, Taipei and Kaohsiung will be hosting two concerts on December 4th and 5th. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Pianist Liao Jiaohan and singer Liao Yumeng take the stage, performing representative works by master composer Guo Zhiyuan. It's its 100th birthday this year. To commemorate him, Taiwan Traditional Theatre Center, Kaohsiung's Wei Wuying National Kaohsiung Center for the Arts, and the National Taiwan Symphony Orchestra will be hosting two concerts on December 4th and December 5th. The concerts will showcase several representative works from different periods. Guo San said he was touched that his father's masterpieces will be showcased and remembered. Of course, our family members are looking forward to it and excited. We also hope that my father's works can be passed on forever. His composition emphasizes nationality, modernity, and musicality. He has engaged in music for a lifetime. He created for 70 years. He once said, I want to dedicate all of my work to Taiwan, my beloved country. The five pieces that will be performed at these two concerts are the masterpieces of Mr. Guo's life, as well as his best works. I hope everyone can enjoy this concert together. Guo was born in 1921 in Yuanli, a small town in Miaoli. 
Throughout his career, he was honored with the National Award for Arts, the Wu Shanlian Arts Awards, Executive Yuan National Cultural Award, and other prestigious prizes. Guo wrote more than 500 pieces in his lifetime, including the first symphonic work and first piano concerto in Taiwan's music history. He also wrote more than 50 songs in Hokkien, otherwise known as Taiwanese. He played a significant role in the development of Taiwanese music. Master Guo is known as the father of Taiwan's national music. The main reason is that a large number of his creations have incorporated Taiwanese cultural elements. In his works, you can actually hear his strong affection for his hometown. You will also feel his love for the land of Taiwan. The concert will be performed by the National Taiwan Symphony Orchestra, conductor Zhen Li Bing and pianist Yue Lü Na, on December 4th and 5th at Taipei's Taiwan Traditional Theater Center and Kaohsiung's Wei Wuying National Kaohsiung Center for the Arts. In addition, there will also be an exhibition held at the Wei Wuying National Kaohsiung Center for the Art till December 5th, showcasing Guo's music manuscript scores and precious videos from different periods of his life. Promotion News, Stephanie Yang, Zhong Shuhui in Taipei. Counting down to the new year is something a lot of people are anticipating, and all six of Taiwan's special municipalities are planning to hold New Year's Eve galas. But now that the new Omicron variety has entered the picture, it's hard to say whether things will go as planned a month from now. Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe says although his city has contingency measures in place, the New Year's Eve celebrations may still be called off as short as three days prior to the event. Let's hear from the mayor himself. Don't ask me what will happen a month from now. A large-scale event like this may be cancelled due to the pandemic, and we have solutions for that. If the central government announces restrictions on the number of participants in large-scale events, we will follow the central government's instructions. The Taipei city government also has experience in dealing with large numbers of domestic cases in a week. So if that were to happen again, we would adjust the event's program accordingly. Epidemic prevention requires closely following the standard operating procedure and the kind of actions to take in a given situation. We should be well prepared. With zero new local infections in the last 10 plus days, our communities are safe. So what we should be doing now is safeguarding our borders. As long as we keep the virus from entering our borders, we won't have to worry. As the Omicron variant keeps the city mayors on their toes, the city's leaders are reminding the public not to panic. Taiwan's music scene is famous for its mandopop with artists like Jay Chow and Joe Lin. But in recent years, the industry has seen more and more artists who don't perform in Chinese. Hakka folk singer Misa stunned the industry last year with her masterful album, The Ship of Fools, which won two Golden Melody Awards. Another rising star is Labagataru, whose electronic soundscapes have introduced Taiwan's indigenous culture to the world. Our Sunday special report. In the dim performance space, he manipulates laser lights with his fingertips as a drumbeat pulses. 
This is Labagataru of the Truku people. He blends his indigenous heritage with Western electronica to create a magical sound that's all his own. My name is Labagataru. I am a Truku person from Wanrong Township, Hualien County. I grew up in a city and later got to know Western music. I've been integrating Western music with traditional music to challenge the boundaries of genre. This indolent melody is nothing like the stereotype of Hakka music. The singer is Misa, whose real name is Wen Yin Chang. In 2020, Misa won the Golden Melody Award for Best Hakka Album and for Best Hakka Vocalist. She also won that year's Golden Indie Music Award for Best Folk Album. Musically, if I use a minor key, like a jazz or bossa nova progression, there is a bit of sadness, there is more emotionality. It empowers the lyrics and the music to have a greater emotional impact on listeners. Misa is a Hakka from Miali San Juan Township. She excelled academically as a kid and was accepted to the prestigious College of Medicine of Tainan's Chenggong University. But in her junior year of college, she dropped out, sparking a crisis in her family. This so-called family crisis happened when I decided, at the time, that I didn't want to continue my university studies. I didn't want to get that degree anymore. I didn't go home for two years. I didn't even go home during the Lunar New Year festival. During that time, my father was deeply unhappy. So within the family, the pressure was quite intense. As a student, Misa was in a band. As the band's lead vocalist, she composed her first Hakka folk song and started exploring her own creative voice. Misa realized that music was what she wanted to do in life. Since that realization, she's turned it into a career. 
five years ago, she rented a house up in the Shinju Mountains, using it as a studio. She devoted herself to her craft, to strengthening her weaknesses. I had my blind spots, things I couldn't see. I felt that as long as my lyrics were good enough, as long as I had something worthy to express, I didn't need to make an extra effort on anything else. But I have come to appreciate that music should be treated as a bridge for communication. Misa had always been a talented writer. Early on in her career, she felt that good lyrics could carry a song, regardless of its melody or other technical craft. She later came to see that songwriting wasn't that simple. I want to reach more people. Since the language of my lyrics is an obstacle in and of itself, I'll use the music to draw people in. I feel that this is an approach that the Hakka music industry can consider. It's a lesson I learned through experience. Today, if I can make my music sound more like rap, make it more free and unrestrained, then I may be able to attract people who like rap music. I may be able to attract people who like to dance. Misa knows she must first get listeners to love her music before asking them to embrace the language and culture it represents. Here, she makes a Hakka folk tune more accessible by infusing it with the blues. I thought, hey, there's a lot of free improvisation in traditional Hakka mountain songs. There's also the spirit of free improvisation in jazz. Although the forms are different, I think that this is where the two genres can resonate spiritually, where a barrier can be broken. Mandarin albums have long been dominant in Taiwan's music industry, leaving little room for songs in Hakka or indigenous languages. Music in these languages are highly niche, rarely breaking into the pop music mainstream. Today, many up-and-coming artists produce music independently. This means that from recording and distribution to sales, they do it all on their own. I asked, why don't you go find a producer who's great at songwriting? Have the producer to make songs for your language. And the answer was, the producers wouldn't know what I'm saying. So there's the issue of whether people in pop music are capable of producing songs in other languages. That's a fault line in the industry. At least in part, artists who work in other languages are driven by a sense of identity. No song in Chinese, no matter how well crafted, can tell the stories they want to convey with their heritage language.
华语市场它本身的音乐从民歌时期再到 rock， 然后再到后面的到了现在有。The Mandarin music industry has gone from the folk period to the rocker era to today, when it was hip hop and R&B and all sorts of genres. But to me, all of these genres are other people's culture. All they've done is add words in Chinese. I thought about it from that perspective, and it made me feel like, why should I have to translate my language into Chinese for you? Taro's fusion of traditional indigenous culture and electronic music has taken him around the world. The more localized you are, the more international you are. I think this is something lots of people are saying nowadays. I often go abroad with my musical instruments. What my audiences see is not mandopop, but I can still represent Taiwan. I've performed in many countries. With the rise of musicians like Taru, Taiwan music has stepped beyond its traditional Chinese-speaking market. The island's music diversity has reached audiences around the world, with indie artists leading the charge. During the final round of the Blue Canyon Phuket Championship on Sunday, Taiwanese golfer Zhang Shichang shot 68 four under par in the final round. He took the championship by finishing 18 under par, just one stroke less than the runner-up. Zhang was delighted that the Asian tour has resumed after a long hiatus since March last year due to the pandemic. It's, uh, it's impossible. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So. Uh, everybody, because COVID-19, so we started a tournament about like two years. So I'm, I'm very happy can come back to Asian Tour. This is the third Asian Tour win in John's career. He bagged 180,000 US dollars, which is just over 5 million NT from the win.